Hey, my podcast family, welcome back to Caregiving is a Ministry. It's Greta. And what is Caregiving is a Ministry? Where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. You betcha. <laughs> Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry. So, still continuing on Psalms 23, and today we're on verse 4. Reading from the New American Standard Version, it reads, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Now, I want us to get real personal and practical here. What does your valley look like? The verse that David coined suggests that we all, at some point in time, must walk through a valley. And I want you to concentrate on the through, walk through. Walking through (laughs) is an action word right? Walk is an action word. It means that we're moving. David didn't say, even though I sit in the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, even though I stand in the valley of death. Nor did he say, even though I run through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say any of that. And we're going to unpack why. So, if we're sitting or standing, for me, This suggests that we're just admiring the valley, just looking and allowing the valley to mesmerize us or paralyze us into staying there. Almost as if when back in Genesis, when the Hebrews sent the 12 spies out to, you know, spy on the promised land, remember 10 came back and said that they were giants and it was only Caleb and Joshua who were like no 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 we can do that the 10 who saw the giants and said that we we are as grasshoppers in their eyes see they were admiring the valley they got in the valley and they just stayed there and they were mesmerized and paralyzed by it whatever the case we're not moving forward we're not moving forward and we're not moving backwards We're stuck. We're just standing there or sitting there. Do you feel stuck today? What about running through the valley? That would seem more plausible, wouldn't it? Just run right through it to hurry up and get it over with. Get out of the valley and look back on the other side and say, glad that's over. Yet that isn't what David said either. Why? Could it be that running through the valley doesn't afford us the opportunity to truly appreciate the valley once we've come out of it. Let's think about it for a moment. If we're running through life, running from our valleys, which represent our problems and tribulations, then could we miss the beauty of God's deliverance through them? I think we could. God doesn't want us to run through. He wants us to place our hand in his hand and allow him to walk us through. Recall in last episode where I said, you know, God walks in the coolness of the day. Therefore, the reason why we walk is because our God walks and we are to emulate emulate him. He's not running around doing anything. God walks and he speaks. Second, I believe that if we're running, 
then we don't gain a good perspective of the valley. You can only do that when you're walking because you're taking your time and you're going to notice things. And so by walking, we highlight the magnitude of God and how much he protects us as we're walking through the valley. Now let's get back to the question. What is your valley? All of us have them. Or maybe what was your valley? But if you're listening to this, you have a valley. (laughs) David said that it's a valley of the shadow of death. And for him, it probably was because remember, he was being pursued by King Saul who wanted to what? Kill him. But for us, it could be metaphoric. It can mean the dread or doom or perhaps the death of something, not necessarily someone or yourself. Today, our valleys can be the death of a marriage, friendship, job, lifestyle, or a dream. If you're a caregiver, your valley is caregiving. And I know sometimes it may be hard to admit that. Like I remember talking to a friend saying, it's a burden to take care of mom, and she was so offended. And I was like, burden simply means a heavy load. It's heavy to care for someone a heavy load I didn't say I didn't like it and that I wasn't gonna do but it's a burden an emotional burden that you bear and so caregiving is a valley because you could be watching the dream of growing old together fade or like in my case the dream of my mom being at my wedding that's not gonna happen now valleys are our trials and tribulations we experience day to day Uh, We know because we're seasoned saints, right, that trials and tribulations are not only a part of, that they are a part of life and that they ebb and they flow in our lives until we get called home. So we're not to be taken aback by them, but to know with confidence we have a God who is our protector, who will walk us through them. He doesn't shield us from the trial or tribulation in its entirety, but he He may or may not allow the full weight of it to come upon us. There's a perk to being his kid because he knows exactly how much each of us can bear. The problem is that we don't. So when we are feeling the weight of walking through our valley, we think we just can't take it anymore. Not one more minute, not one more second, just can't do it anymore. But God, our master architect of our lives, knows exactly how much we can bear. And he pushes us toward that. Let's not forget that he uses the trials and tribulations that the enemy will rail against us to bring out the person he created us to be. That's why he pushes us to our limits to allow us to blossom and to grow into who he created us to be. It is the pressure that is placed upon a lump of coal that produces a diamond, right? And I can hear some of you saying, I'd rather be a lump of coal. And trust me, I've said that to the Lord too. I've cried uncle a many a time, (laughs) not wanting to mature in my faith with him, not wanting to mature into a more confident woman, you know, and and really just not maturing in in general. But he never listened to me and he's not going to listen to you either. (laughs) It's easier for us to say, to stay in the valley or not even want to go in it. But God is determined to bring out the destiny that he placed inside each and every one of us. 
But if we don't go through the valley, you know, if we don't move through it, then we'll never get it behind us, you know? It's only through actively moving toward a place that allows us to appreciate God and what he's done in our lives. And so that's why we walk through. If we never go through the valley, we never get to the other side. And it is the other side where we find greener pastures, greener. There's no such thing as the green pasture. That's when we get to heaven. So this ebb and flow of the trials and the tribulations that come in our life, that's a way of God, uh, you know, moving us along to the next journey, to the next phase of us maturing in our lives for us to appreciate a new, a new life, a greener pasture. We kind of exhaust that pasture there and then we have to move on just like sheep. If you continue to to let the sheep graze in one area that starts out green, but they eat it all, you got to move on to another spot, don't you? That's what we're doing. And so as we discover more that we can bear, you know, we gain a more intimate relationship with God and hopefully with others. And we find out we can handle a lot more than what we thought we could. Remember, if we're walking with our hand in God's hand, does it, does it stand to reason that we shouldn't fear, right? All fear would be gone. We're walking with the Lord. What I want you to do, or what I'm going to do, is I'm going to read Psalms 91 for you. Because it addresses why David said, I'm not going to have any fear. And so it reads this way. One who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who rescues me from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and wall. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, or of the destruction that devastates at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look with your eyes and see the retaliation against the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil will happen to you, nor will any plague come near you. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. On your hands they will lift you up, so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will walk upon the lion and cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Now this is God's response to us. Because... He has loved me. I will save him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. I will satisfy him with long life and show him my salvation. So now we see why David doesn't fear any evil, right? Not some evil, but any evil. Because he knows 
God has given his angels charge over him because David has made God his refuge, just as you have. God has given his angels charge over you. You have angels assigned to you. And I know my angels are busy bees, going to airborne school, jumping out of a perfectly good plane, deployed to a war zone, traveling in a war zone by truck, helicopter. Yeah, my angels are real busy. Even just driving in our cars from day to day, going to the grocery stores, angels are covering us. And you have angels assigned to you. So here's my next question. With all of this, why are you fearful? Be honest. Why? Today I'm going to ask you to be very real with God and lay it all on the altar. I want you to tell him why you're afraid. And then I want you to reread the fourth verse of Psalms 23 and then reread Psalms 91. Or I guess I should say read because I've read it for you. After, I want you to ask God for forgiveness. Why forgiveness? Forgiveness and not trusting him to be your protector and trying to orchestrate or manipulate the situation yourself for holding all of the worry in your heart. I want you to turn it over to God and then go do something fun. Will you promise me that you'll do this? I hope so. If you have no fear, Then I want you too to reread Psalms 91 because it's nice for you to remember why you don't have any fear. And I think this scripture or today's episode is really for you, the caregiver, because if you have worry or angst in your heart or fear in your heart, it affects your ability to caregive. Your, your, Your loved one will sense your fear and you don't want them to do that. Because there's no reason for you to fear. Let's pray. Most holy God, we come before you saying thank you. <sighs> thank you for being a God who constantly reassures us that you are here with us. Your word declares that you are our God and we run to you, our strong tower. You are the God most high and we love you. Help us to come before you as we go through the valley of uh, caregiving, as we go through the valley of perhaps divorce, the the valley of maybe empty nests and children leaving the house and not knowing what to do. You know what our valleys are. Help us to walk with you through them with confidence in knowing that we will come out on the other side and not only will we come out on the other side Lord but that we will come out better with a better relationship with you and a better understanding of who we are in you help us to release our fears to you this day help us to not always need to understand why a situation is going on or why we are the ones that have to go through this but to just trust you help us to trust you I ask that you provide that hedge of protection around the caregivers who are listening today my heart is in sync with them because I know the difficulties that they may face and I know the emotional roller coaster that they are on 
Yet, I know how you comforted me through these 12 years. And I know that you're no respecter of person, and so you will comfort them. Help them to feel your peace, Lord. And help them to grow closer to you. This we ask in the precious name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Now, don't forget your homework assignment. You got to you gotta read Psalms 23, verse 4. You got to read Psalms 91. And then you got to talk to Jesus. All right? Now, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. See you later. Bye.